For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 146 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we're back. I mean, we, we were here last week, but we're here this week. We're back. <laughs> we're weekly, weekly, as you know, like, as we are. <laughs> you know how we do every, every week. Saturday. <laughs> every week, except every now and then when something goes wrong, we're here on Saturday to talk about Star Wars. With our wonderful moisture farmers. I got that voice I just made. That is my, you know, the emoji smiley with the hard eyes. That's my impersonation of what that emoji's voice would sound like. Oh, okay. Moisture farmers. That's appropriate. Yeah, I thought so. So. Poop is always Patrick Stewart to me. (laughs) We, um, We have something to talk about this week. Not a ton of news, but a really big piece of news. That I am jazzed about. We'll get to that in just a second. Let me go ahead and give these fine ladies and gentlemen. Give them that business. The business. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have a T Public store where we sell shirts and whatnot. Tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And we are very excited to be part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, the best damn ass podcast network in the entire galaxy, where we stink up the place. We stink up the room, a room filled with amazing podcasters like Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, The Sith List. Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners. Podcast 2187, Cantina Cast, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and The Car Go Hold. Behemoths of Star Wars podcasting delight. Behemoths! All right, so one extra little piece of business. As our good listeners may or may not know, I've been uh, you know, doing a little Twitch streaming lately. 
for the Blue Harvest Twitch channel. Um, it's been a lot of fun. We've done a couple of giveaways. Congrats to our friend uh, Emily Lind. She won the giveaway this past Saturday. Um, and we're going to keep doing that. I'm, I'll probably do one once a month sometime. Can't get too crazy doing giveaways every weekend. Um, but there's something you guys can do to help us out on that front. So right now I'm in the midst of sort of uh, saving for a bit of an equipment upgrade. Now, the good thing about this equipment upgrade is um, what we're using now works perfectly fine. We don't really have any problems with it. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's getting a, a few years old now, this setup. So I am worried that eventually something's going to give. In fact, this is on a brand new laptop. I had to buy a new laptop this week because my work slash recording laptop died. But if you want to help us out uh, and you have an Amazon Prime account, there's something really easy you can do that helps us out. If you have an Amazon Prime account, you also have a Twitch Prime account, which means that once a month for absolutely zero dollars, you get a free Twitch subscription. Luckily enough, our Twitch channel is affiliated so we can accept subscriptions. So, if you're not using your Amazon Prime, Twitch Prime subscription, all you have to do is go to twitch.com, link your Twitch and your Amazon account, and then it'll let you subscribe to a channel, a Twitch channel, for free once a month. It runs out after that month, and then you get another one that you can use the next month, and so on and so forth. But you have to go in there and um, apply it every month. If you guys would do that, to the Blue Harvest Pod Twitch channel. We would greatly appreciate it. Like I said, it's just going to go towards upgrading the podcast setup a little bit, trying to eke out a little bit better quality and ease of use. Um, or if, hey, if you have another Twitch streamer that you really like, fucking toss it their way. We appreciate it if you give it at us, but we understand. Um, so yeah, if you have Twitch Prime or Amazon Prime and Twitch Prime, they go hand in hand and don't have and aren't doing anything with that free subscription, why don't you toss it our way? We'd really appreciate it. Throws a couple bucks our way at the end of the day is what it does. So, how's your week been, buddy? It's been a good one. It's been a good one. Got to play <coughs> that new PUBG map, Miramar. That was a highlight. Yeah, yeah. I saw you and uh, Jeremy tweeting and Instagramming about that. It went up on the test server. Yeah. What was it, Wednesday? It it, it supposedly went up Wednesday, but it Epic failed and didn't go up till Thursday. I mean, that's how these things go. Yeah, it's a test server. I mean, you know. PUBG is one of the jankiest games I've ever played. Yeah. and But I, I say that as a huge admirer of PUBG. It can be incredibly janky sometimes. Mm-hmm. But... You know, of course, it is the game preview. You know, like we, I don't even have the full version yet. So. <laughs> Buddy, I'm. Let me just tell you, like, I've played on both Xbox and on PC, and the PC version ain't any less janky. Oh wow! It's got you it's, still get you get booted out of nowhere because that's the most. So I have irritating yet to be, and, and I've played far fewer maps on, or uh, matches on PC than I have on uh, Xbox. I've played a lot on Xbox and like a small amount on PC. I've never been booted from a match on PC, so they've okay. at least got that uh, straightened out. But you know, rubber banding still happens. Every, I mean, it's got its own set of little jankiness. It's it's just right. the name of the game when it comes to PUBG. Yeah, it's it's like a it's a homebrew. 
video game, basically. Uh, I mean, you could have said that about uh, player unknowns mods for like DayZ and Arma and stuff, but there's a lot of money and a fairly big Chinese corporation behind PUBG. Yeah. But from I, what I understand, he went from, you know, like, I guess a month or two ago, he went from employing like 20 people to like 200 people, basically. Oh, yeah. It's it's getting bigger by the day. Uh, have I told you about Radical Heights? No. So, um, not to get too off topic. I don't know how people feel about this shit, but you know Cliff Cliffy B, Cliff Blazinski, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Creator of Jazz Jackrabbit, creator of, or, you know, co-creator Unreal Tournament, Gears of War, probably, at least most recently, what he's most known for. So, uh, a couple years back, he left Epic Games, right? That was not his studio. He was an employee of that studio. Right. And started his own company called Boss Key Games. And they released their own Battle Royale game that's an early access on Steam called Radical Heights. And I haven't played a ton. Jesse's probably played more than I have. But it is fun and it is really goofy. Interesting. So it is sort of 80s themed. So if you win, which I've gotten a couple of wins. I've gotten a couple of the equivalent of a chicken dinner in Radical Heights. It plays uh, You're the Best Around from Karate oh, wow. Kid. And That's cool. The cons- so it's a little different in some ways. One way that it's different is you loot. The way you loot in this game is by getting money. So like you'll run into an arcade and it'll be all resplendent and 80s paraphernalia. It'll look just like an arcade from the 80s. And you'll bust open the cash registers and take money. And then mm. there'll be these like vending machines around the map called Top Gun, like the movie. And they'll yeah. have guns you can buy from those vending machines. So that's how mm. you get your guns and stuff. And when you buy a gun from that vending machine, it plays Highway to the Danger Zone. Oh, that's cool. And it's it's not realistic, or you know, quote unquote, realistic looking like PUBG. Right. It is. I would say even almost a little more cor- uh, cartoony than uh, Fortnite. It's very over the top. And the concept is that you're playing in a game show, a battle royale game show. So there's like an announcer and they do, instead of equipment drops, they do cash drops and there's, you know, some differences, but essentially it's battle royale, the movie, the game with a different skin, you know? I got you. Yeah. I, um, that sounds really neat. I'm sure I would dig it, especially the eighties theme stuff. Um, the, the silly nature of Fortnite is kind of what makes me not dig Fortnite. And the like building. So there's no building in Radical building Heights. Building forts and all that shit. I want to check out Fortnite eventually. It's so huge. Like it was crazy how quickly Fortnite equipped, uh, eclipsed PUBG. I've watched some videos just to get the feel of. Yeah, mm, so have I. I've seen a lot. I've actually been watching a lot of like Twitch clips and stuff on YouTube. Yeah. For the purposes of research. And when I say that, it's to show me what not to do. You know what I mean? Like, you see so many douchey people on Twitch. I'm like, okay, easy enough. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Don't be like that, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, man, there's... This is a whole nother conversation we'll have to have off air, but there's a segment of Twitch that refer to themselves as try-hard streamers, and they are so douchey. Oh, wow. Like... Oh man, 
it's rough. Some of these dudes, it's it's cringy. Cringy is the term, right? Um, I'm not talking like these dudes are big on Twitch, but they're not like fucking Ninja or Doctor Disrespect big. Like those are probably too Shroud. Shroud, yeah. Those are probably the guys that are like the biggest right now, I guess. Um, you getting excited for our trip coming up? Oh, dude, I couldn't be more excited. Will and Halls do California. I have a California playlist mm-hmm. that I keep playing. Makes me think about going to California. What's uh What's on your cal? Share Will's California playlist. I'll give you a couple because it grows every day. Okay. Um, it's eclectic. Now it's not all just, but it's it's California centric. So there is um. What the California Love by Okay. Uh Tupac and Dr. Dre. Tupac and Dr. Dre. There's uh California Girls by the Beach Boys. There is California Girls by Katy Perry. Oh. Uh oh God. You started off is, strong and then like I know. The, I told you I knew you weren't gonna like it. I knew you this weren't gonna is the like, thing, like I don't dislike the Beach Boys, but I don't like the Beach Boys. Does that make sense? Not entirely, but I'll, I'm not I'll, like the. I'll accept it. I'm not like the Big Lebowski with um, the Eagles. I'm not like if I hear the Beatles, I'm like you got to turn or not. The, I, Hotel I love, California is on there. Okay, but I'm not like he is with the Eagles. Where if I hear the Eagles, I'm like, oh, you got to turn that shit off. I just don't enjoy the Beach Boys. It's not for me. <clears throat> what is it? Too happy? No, it's not. I like happy music. Fucking Poppy's happy. Fucking. Paramore's happy. Fucking, um, mm-hmm. trying to think of other bands I like that are happy. Michael Jackson's happy. Hall & Oates is happy. That music mm-hmm. doesn't make you happy? Wanna yeah, be starting no, something? Got to be starting something. You wanna be starting something? Got to be starting something. Try to get over, yeah, yeah. Too low to get under, yeah, yeah. You're stuck in the middle, yeah, yeah. Dude, that that is my jam. I got you. Okay. I feel you. I can't do the Katy Perry though. What else is on your uh, Calif- Hotel California? Hotel California. Okay, fair enough. Um, anything California Dreaming by the Mama and the Papas. Okay, okay. A lot of '60s stuff. It, Jefferson it's... Airplane. <laughs> uh, uh, for what it's worth, by Buffalo Springfield. Oh. Who does? Is it Jefferson Airplane? Who does uh, the uh, one pill makes yeah. you? Is that Jefferson Airplane? That's Jefferson Airplane. Yeah, that's White Rabbit. Can I share a uh, Can I share a story with you that is about you? Oh God, is it going to make me look like an idiot? Like no. the turn down for what? Thing? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, when we first started hanging out, you know, it would be like you had the room all the way back in that house we all rented. I'd come I back did. there with my laptop. We'd hang out, quote unquote, hang out. Yeah. Watch the visualizer on Xbox 360 to the music. on my giant projection TV yeah, that like we sat four feet from. Mid mid nineties giant projection TV, right? Yeah. Maybe you dick around on the computer. I've got my laptop. We're just hanging out, you know, two dudes hanging out listening to music. Will had. Like, you know, back in the day when you could illegally download music and you never knew like what bit rate or what quality it would be at, right? Do you remember that? Like you could download a song and be like, oh, this sounds like doo-doo. Yeah. Something about this yeah. sounds weird. You had a doo-doo quality 
MP3 of that White Rabbit song, and Probably. you used to play it so loud. And oh, like, really? Right. And like, um, my brain was in a very experimental stage at the time. And it would be so loud, and she would be doing that sort of screamy part for like it felt like twenty minutes at the end, where she's like, "Feed your head," over and over and over, and I'd be like, "I th- I think my brain's gonna break. It's so <laughs> loud. I'm f- I'm about to freak out, man." So now, whenever I hear that song, even just the first couple of notes, I go, "Oh God, it's that song. It's about to be so loud." I have like oh. this Pavlov's dog reaction to that song i'm glad that i can ruin songs for you i I mean i wouldn't say you ruined it it's not like if i hear it in the radio i'm like make it stop i didn't dislike the song freaking out man but i just remember a couple of times it'd be at all dark in the room and there's like psychedelic colors swimming across the walls because you've got this giant tv playing like uh random visualizer stuff to that song and it just being like IMAX loud. It felt like I was in an IMAX theater that like eight of the speakers were blown out because it was, it all came down to the quality of the MP3. I know that's, I think it's one of those things that like maybe as I'm the only person that's bothered by it. You know it, what I mean? I mean, you know, I don't know that high quality versions of that song exist, you know, like definitely better than a 28 bit or kill a bit or whatever that shit is called. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. I cuz I remember back in the Napster days like you know downloading individual songs and then you get one and it sounds fucked up and it's because people would compress it and make it small and stuff and they'd be like good enough for me man. Right. Okay. And and you know being in college it was dealer's choice of what what you could get, you know, downloaded off the internet. And this one time it was the first time I met one of your friends came over hanging out in your room and he put on fucking Dave Matthews band. Oh my God. And then started like hippie dancing to himself. Yeah. And I was like, there's just certain aspects of this life that I am not about. I was so embarrassed. Like, have you ever been embarrassed for someone? Yeah. Oh yeah. When you watch, like when you see clips of the bad auditions on American idol and you can tell like they're really earnest and they're really into it, and you just get embarrassed for them. And they don't understand why right. they got shut down. Like, and they just don't get it. The way this dude was fucking dancing in your room, like, you can't see me, but I'm like, I could, I could recreate. And he would, like, for 20 minutes, Blair and Dave Matthews dancing. I would say that more so than White Rabbit. Like, even if I had any affinity towards Dave Matthews, I was like, I'm not about that Dave Matthews life after that night. That was it for me. That'll do it. A fucking hippie dancing. You see that at every single concert, no matter what. You could go to Slayer, and there will be somebody doing that hippie dance thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's that dance like no one's watching, move how your body feels <laughs> kind of thing. Hey, more power to him. Enjoy your life. That's right? what I say, but I'm not about that hippie dance life. I'm not about that regular dance life. <laughs> I don't dance. Like, yeah, like from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Like, there are women that dance, and there are women that do not dance. I am like Drax, where, like, Drax don't dance, I don't dance. She wouldn't even tap her foot. (coughs) 
Oh, man. So you want to actually talk about some Star Wars? Yeah, I dig Star Wars. Mm. Do Sorry you? about that, guys. Oh, I love Star Wars. Certainly not a Dave Matthews Band podcast we're running here. <laughs> no. Or uh, Halls' experiments with psychedelics and, and poorly compressed music downloaded off a of LimeWire. She Pop. wakes up in the morning. She wakes up in the morning. There's her teeth right to eat them rolling. You know who's a giant Dave Matthews fan? Who's that? Jonathan Grasso. Really? Whew. Have you guys discussed that? Oh, yeah, and I've given him a little shit for it. You know how I do. Oh, yeah. Johnny also likes Nickelback. Oh, oh. I can, like, Dave Matthews is one of those things. It's kind of like um, the Grateful Dead or Widespread Panic or Fish. Or In, st- it's damn near a jam band. Yeah, I mean. oh, they totally are. They're a little more main. Well, I don't know. Uh, I always feel Maybe. weird talking about music because I know people that are super into music that are quick to correct you when you misspeak. Right. And but I don't want to shit anybody's Wheaties, you know. No, I'm not I, trying to. I either, don't have. Unless you, you like know, Nickelback. Unless I've your Wheaties are made from Nickelback. I have a lot of Dave Matthews. I, can't, you know, I got nothing against Dave Matthews. Some of those songs are pretty good. But, but what I'm saying is. I can't listen to a whole album of it. Like, I'm not, you know, it's not going to It's all with, me. within that realm. Like, you know, Grateful Dead, Widespread Panic. Dave Matthews, Fish, blah, 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 blah. String cheese incident. String cheese incident are all within that sort of same realm. And I know that's a realm I don't enjoy, but I enjoy that other people enjoy it, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? If you are in or near a show, there's a lot of positive energy. Yeah, man. Hey, you guys have fun. You rock your fucking tie-dyes and your puka shell necklaces. You know what I'm saying? And fucking don't take the brown acid or whatever it is you guys are up to. <laughs> you have fun. I respect your good time. That's just not my good time. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they're not hurting nobody. It's not like a fucking, you know, white supremacist rally band or something. Not that I'd be like, you guys fucking suck. Uh, I just feel so bad that I was bumping Jefferson Airplane so loud in the house now. I feel guilty. I'm sure everyone else in the house was like, God damn it. To that be fair. fucking hippie okay. has that shit turned up. To be fair. The loudness of the music is what helps me break the fourth wall, though. That's when you... It's, it, you know, it was too loud, bro. And I like I'm, loud music. It's, it's, it's the mix of quality of the, the MP3 and the loudness. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to be fair to you, in all fairness to you, out of every musical thing that you introduced me to because there was quite a lot because i was stuck in a metal only lane oh i remember i i mean you introduced me to heavy metal you know i'm no no i'm not saying we didn't like share stuff but what i'm saying is that was the one thing that i was kind of like eh not for me like i was aware of the beatles i liked a couple beatles songs now i'm a massive beatles fan because of that yeah Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Never had listened to it. Now it's one of my favorite albums. I mean, Pink Floyd and the Beatles are probably my two favorite bands of all time, which means that I should probably be 60 or 70 years old. But, you know, I modern bands just didn't speak to me. Nah, man, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, it's weird because I heard a very distinct version of oldies when I was a kid. 
yeah. from my dad. And my dad was into like Billy Joel and Elton John, who I enjoy. My dad right. was big into Queen, so I've always sort of liked Queen. Jim Croce, not really my thing. Three Dog Night, whatever. Bachman Turner Overdrive, like BTO, bro. But my dad was not a huge like. Definitely not Pink Floyd. I don't ever remember my dad listening to Pink Floyd. Oh no. David Bowie, he wasn't really into. So I really. I- wasn't exp- and then my mom was just in the fucking country music so i wasn't exposed to a lot of that stuff as a kid when i ex- when i discovered classic rock you know i just kept digging uh zeppelin sticks in journey like you know i just kept going backwards in time you know and i got to the beatles and everything that was happening in the 60s and i was like i get it like i get i understand what happened to rock and roll then like i'm you know, because my parents, you know, my mom, country, you know, yep, like that's my mom and McGraw, country and, and shit like that. disco and, you know, country and disco like that was really <laughs> some 80s stuff. My dad, super 80s, super 80s, Madonna, uh, Michael Jackson, Paula Abdul, Alan Parsons Project, uh, you know, what else? Men Without Hats, you know, you can dance if you want to. You yeah. can leave your friends behind. That's still one of my favorite songs. Like that was all my day. So like you know, in, you know, some people's dads are classic rock. That's how they get there. That's not how I. I had discovered that on my own. And when I did, I was like, oh wow. To your so credit, I, I think you. I would say a combination of you and then the dudes in Stone Cobra, specifically like Steve and Brad, um, were like probably the three dudes that opened my musical horizons to a point where I started casting aside some of the cheesier shit I was into because like like I talk shit on Nickelback all day but if I listed out every concert because I used to go to shows all the time from like 16 until I don't know 27 or 28 I went to multiple shows a year I saw every corny new metal band you can think of but but if you bring up a new metal band i saw them once if not by choice by the fact that they opened for whatever band i was seeing by choice limp biscuit i saw fucking limp biscuit that's embarrassing that's nickelback level embarrassing i saw creed nickelback level embarrassing Mm. So yeah, I, I, it's not like I have a stellar musical history myself. I have listened to some corny shit, but thankfully to you guys, like you took the gentle approach and were like, here, try this and then listen to this. What do you think? And I was like, that's awesome. Steve and Brad beat that shit out of me. They took no, they no, took holds, barred. no holds barred playing poker and being like, what you been listening to lately? And I'd say, and it would you, like, you could see the look on their face, like, Oh my God! This this cheese dick. What? This poor kid. What's he been you have listening to? Help to? him. So, all right, let's talk about. I'm gonna take a note. Twenty seven thirty. I'm gonna put it in the show notes so people know if they just want to hear the Star Wars stuff. Skip to twenty seven thirty because we bullshitted a whole bunch here at the beginning. Yeah, because we went into a uh, music history one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like probably since this podcast started, there's been one thing that's been a sort of a common wish between us as far as Star Wars goes. There's been a few. We've always talked about wanting an open world Star Wars game. 
We have. Another thing that we've I feel like we've constantly brought up is we would love a traditionally animated Star Wars series. Preferably even maybe anime style or anime inspired. Right. Well, guess what? Got announced yesterday. Oh, snap. April 26th, they announced. And we talked about this a couple of months ago that Lucasfilm had filed a trademark for um, a for something called Star Wars Resistance. And there was a lot of speculation, not just from us. It was all over the internet. Um, there were some signs that pointed that it wasn't just like a mobile game or something. This seemed to be a little something juicier, a little more significant. And, uh, you know, with Rebels wrapping up, uh, this previous March, it kind of seemed like maybe this was going to be the next animated series. Lo and behold, they announced it yesterday, and that's exactly what it is. <coughs> Star Wars Resistance, an anime-inspired Star Wars animation series. Whew. That's going to be awesome. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, so there's not a ton of details yeah, and I, I'll read the press release for it, um, which is about all that we have as far as details goes. But the long, the, the short version of it is it sounds like, or it doesn't sound like, it definitely is a prequel to The Force Awakens. Um, and it deals with a resistance pilot who is a spy who is checking, like who is, I don't know if infiltrating or spying on the First Order as they grow in power. Now, given that information, there are there's a pretty small window of time that it could be set in, right? If you use a couple things as, mile, as, as markers. Um, it's definitely set closer to The Force Awakens than Return of the Jedi, and we know that because in the Claudia Gray book, Bloodline, which is about six years before The Force Awakens, that book pretty much ends with um, Leia starting the Resistance. So this show has to take place somewhere in the six-year time period from the end of Bloodline to the beginning of The Force Awakens. If I had to guess, it'll probably take a year, couple of years, take place a couple of years past bloodline um just because the the resistance will be more established at that point where you can actually have fighter pilots and shit yeah <clears throat> um and i think it it off opens up quite a few opportunities for some cool shit for us to see um what do you think what when you read the announcement and i sent it to you yesterday um yeah what sprang to mind? What was the first thing you thought of? What's the first thing you want, wanted to see, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, honestly, I didn't start formula. I was just like, oh, this is going to be an awesome era to see. You know, some espionage, some skullduggery, maybe some cloak and dagger. Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, that's all I really thought. So, um, to me, and full props to our buddy Sal Perales. Uh, I didn't really think of some of the possibilities that we're going to get to see in this show until he brought this up on Twitter. But, you know, 
something that hasn't been a big deal, as big of a deal in the sequel trilogy, I feel, as it was, say, in the original trilogy, are sort of the tertiary pilot characters, you know? So, you know, there's not really a wedge, you know what I'm saying? That sort of, he's not a main character, he's sort of a featured side character that gets a couple of lines, does some important shit in the movies, but he's not like Han or Leia or Luke, you know what I mean? What's the female A-Wing pilot? Tally. Tally. Awesome. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I think the show gives us the opportunity to see more Tally. I hope so. The thing that that uh, kind of bugs me about The Last Jedi is we do get some new pilot characters like Tally and and stuff, but they all get blown up super early in the movie. Yeah. And then in Tally the, makes it though, doesn't she? No, she does not. She's in her she X wing when the uh, the hangar gets, or her A wing when the hangar gets blown up. Damn. So, hey, give us more Tally. In the Force Awakens, you get uh, Snap Wexley, Greg Grumberg, you get Jessica Pava, and you get Elo Atsi, Elo Atsi, Atsi, Elo Atsi. You know the guy I'm talking about, right? Yeah, catfish looking dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But he dies in The Force Awakens. So there, boom, three more characters we can get some more on. Now, Snap, we got quite a bit of sort of character background in the Aftermath novels, but, you know, this is quite a bit later than that. <sighs> I feel like I'm rambling too much. Fuck. You think you'll see a young Poe Dameron? Oh, in the in the um, announcement, they say that it will feature both Poe Dameron, voiced by Oscar oh, Isaac, right. And Captain Phasma, voiced by Gwendolyn Christie. So there's potential for all kinds of cool character appearances. I'm sure we'll see General Leia at some point. You know? I'm not saying she's going to be a major featured part of the show, but that character, I have no doubts, will show up. Young Admiral Holdo, that'd be cool. See, it's not even that much younger, though, when you think about it. It's about, at most, six years before The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens. Okay. So we're not talking super. We're not young. talking about too much younger. Yeah, and and I, like I said, I seriously doubt it takes place like right after Bloodline. If I had to guess, it probably is going to sort of follow the Rebels' uh, formula of being set three to four years before the movie. You know, and that yeah. gives them if they do the same thing they did with Rebels, where each season is kind of a year when you count for the the time jumps in between seasons, like that gives them three or four seasons to build up to The Force Awakens, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it could be a very cool. Um, just from a... Um, a... Um, context. Like, I think it could give us a little more context and a little more character development for some of these side characters. Like, you know, we've had... I'm rambling. I'm too excited tonight. I'm excited to be done with work. I drank an energy drink, then sat down to record with Will. Excited to talk to Will. Excited for our upcoming vacation. I'm just rambling all over the place. He's so excited. I'm so excited. Okay. Try to calm down, Halls. Chill your ass down. Woosa, uba. So basically what I'm trying to say is we've had 40 years of content from the original trilogy characters, background characters, side characters, minor characters. You know what I'm saying? That have built up this. Like 
my my idea of Boba Fett doesn't necessarily even come from the original trilogy. You know, yeah. my idea of Boba Fett comes from Dark Horse comics and in books and shit like that. Right. Some of yeah. them, you know, even though they're not canon anymore, um, we haven't gotten that yet with the sequel trilogy because it's so new and partially because J.J. had uh, episode seven locked down ass tight, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but I think it could give us some interesting concept context for the resistance, sort of its earlier days. You know, I don't know how much they would get into it in what's essentially going to be a kid's show, but also sort of their... Because, like, have you... Like, there's this sort of underlying plot in The Force Awakens and stuff where the Republic, like either the Republic or certain members of the Republic know about the Resistance or and sort of secretly funding them. Like, yeah. you know, in Hux's big speech in The Force Awakens, he says, like, we're going to blow up the government that supports the loathsome Resistance, right? Mm, right. Um, so maybe we see some of that co- uh, connection going on. Um and then, from the First Order standpoint, if we're getting uh, Admiral or if we're getting Captain Phasma, like you got to think that we're probably gonna see General Hunks. Yeah, we're probably gonna see Kylo. Maybe not a whole lot, but I would think maybe at some point Kylo's gonna come into it. What about Snoke? Is Snoke gonna be featured in this at all? I think it opens up some cool possibilities. Is basically all it I'm does. Saying. Now that we're talking about it, I thought it would be it'll be neat to see some background about the Republic mm-hmm. that's destroyed mm-hmm. because you know you really you have absolutely no feel for what the Republic is like, what it evolved to after Return of the Jedi. You know, right? The only I'm, the only I'm hints... sure in the aftermath books and you know bloodlines you you can feel it out, but you do. You do get more of an understanding of what's up. Uh, you know, I'm a massive fan of The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. I say that because I'm going to say something about them that I don't really like. And that is that, okay, so they blow up Hosnian Prime. They blow up the Hosnian system. Right. And to this day, I don't really care. I get why I should. They just blew up the seat of the Republic. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. There's no context to it because I it's don't so feel that re- loss because I'm not attached to it at all. I, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. nothing has established a connection there for me. And you know, I think there's a simple change they could have made. What if that was Coruscant that they blew up? Do you think right. you would have felt differently then? Because I think uh, I would have. You're emotionally invested in that planet. Right. You know, it's, you know, it was the center of the old Republic. Had we seen a little more of Hosnian Prime before they blew it up? You know, I, and, and I hear some people be like, well, what's the difference? You don't really know anything about Alderaan, but it's something you have Leia there reacting, you know, her family and her people are there and stuff. It's something a little different. Like you get this quick glimpse of Hosnian Prime. And you don't re- like you don't know any of the characters you see. If you read Bloodline, you know who one of them is. But even then, it's kind of like, oh, okay. So they blew that lady up. What's the big, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so, in the same way that um, the Clone Wars animated series, I felt like it gave some important context and some background and and added layers to the prequels. I kind of wonder if this will do the same. And, and that idea kind of excites me quite a bit. Yeah, I'm hoping so. 
and then, you know, and then episode nine, you know, coming up. I doubt, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. There were a lot of people, I feel like, that threw out Rebels sort of uh, run were trying to connect Rebels to the sequel trilogy in some way. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, maybe Ezra is Snoke. No. Oh, maybe, you know, such and such as Lor Santeca or blah, blah, blah. Like trying to yeah, find I these know. connections. And at the end of the day, there was never really any connection. Almost understandably so because it's set. You can't really do that. You yeah, know? it's set over 30 years before The Force Awakens. In the same regard, I don't think you're going to get any great insights to Episode Nine from Star Wars Resistance. A, Dave Filoni has always said, I'm never going to scoop one of the movies, meaning he's never going to take something from one of the movies and do it first. Right. Right. Um, a good example of that is, do you remember in Star Wars Rebels when Ezra... When they went to Malachor, I know you've seen this episode. It's the episode with Ahsoka and Darth Vader, the season two finale. Yeah. On that planet, Ezra finds a cross guard saber like Kylo's, and it's green. Mm -hmm. That was after The Force Awakens put came out, meaning Dave yep. Filoni put that, knew that was coming and put it in an episode, but waited to put something like that until after we had already seen it. Right. <laughs> um, the thing I remember about that episode is the uh, I guess the Inquisitor minions have the the helicopter Mary Poppins lightsabers. Yeah, yeah, they do, and it's dumb. Like, I think at times I was way too hard on Rebels, and sometimes I was maybe a little easy on Rebels. Yeah. I had an up and down relationship with Rebels at times. Uh, ultimately, I enjoyed how it wrapped up and the story it told. So that's all I really wanted. But right. helicopter lightsabers will never and have never sat right with me, man. That shit is so goofy. It doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. I don't understand how the lift is generated. Anyway. But, um, so, another thing that I think is cool is, is it looks like, for the most part, we're going to be getting sort of fighter pilot-based stories. That's what I'm looking forward to. And... Another thing I know we've talked about a ton is that uh, fan animation that's like the TIE Fighter anime animation. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think right now, you and I, this is just like, don't even think about the listeners. I think we need to pump our brakes a little bit, hoping that that is what this is. Oh, I don't think that. I think it's going to be more like Rebels. Well, I, I think it's, I don't think it's going to be, you know, you know, the the alarm red alert everyone get to the hangar bay screech out of the no you know, I mean screech I, out of the hangar pull some badass shit you know like not it's not gonna be anime like that it's gonna be well so in one way that it's not gonna be rebels is it's not gonna be that same sort of Clone Wars rebel CGI style right but I don't think we can ex ex logically or realistically expect full blown peak you know 90s to 2000s anime style animation quality. If I had to guess what we're more looking like, and I think these shows are wonderfully animated, so this doesn't take anything away from it. And I wish I understood animation better 
so I could convey this better. But I think instead of, say, like, Cowboy Bebop or Full Metal Alchemist or Attack on Titan or any number of those anime shows that I'm into, uh, it's more likely to be more like, say, the new Voltron on Netflix or maybe even uh, Avatar or Legends of Korra, you know? I think those are perfect examples of what you what to expect. Yeah, which I'm cool with. I'm because I like that new Voltron series. I like yeah. Avatar. I like Legends of Korra. So badass. I'm just saying, like, I know when I hear Star Wars anime, the first thing that pops into my head, bling, is that fan animation. Oh that yeah, of course. And I don't think that's stylistically what we're gonna get. But I'm excited to see Star Wars go into that style because we've had you know 100 couple hundred episodes of the you know cgi style um we got the the clone wars micro series back in the day and we've gotten forces of destiny i mm-hmm. think the animation on this will be a few steps above both forces of destiny and the micro series not taking anything away from those Right. But I think those are a different thing entirely. <clears throat> so, before we move on, I will read the press statement from StarWars.com when they announced it. Just to see if we can't glean any last-minute infor- last information. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, what I'm going to fuck up on is the pronunciation of the main character's name. Okay, so it is, this fall, welcome to the Resistance. StarWars.com is thrilled to announce that production has begun on Star Wars Resistance, an exciting new animated adventure series about Kazuda Ziono, a young pilot recruited by the Resistance and tasked with a top-secret mission to spy on the growing threat of the First Order. It will premiere this fall on Disney Channel in the U.S., and thereafter on Disney XD and around the world. Featuring the high-flying adventure that audiences of all ages have come to expect from Star Wars, Star Wars Resistance, set in the time prior to Star Wars The Force Awakens, will feature the beloved droid BB-8, alongside ace pilots, colorful new characters, and appearances by fan favorites including Poe Dameron and Captain Phasma, voiced by Oscar Isaac and Gwendolyn Christie, respectively. The series was created by renowned Lucasfilm animation veteran Dave Filoni, executive produced by Athena Portillo, Justin Ridge, and Brandon Allman, and art directed by Amy Beth Christensen. And then there's just some, uh, you know, quotes about Dave Filoni saying he's always been interested in fighter pilots. His grandfather was a, uh, was a pilot and and things like that. So, uh, and then it goes into some of the voice actors that they've hired. And there's a couple that stick out to me. Um, Christopher Sean, who's apparently from days of our lives, Susie McGrath from the East enders, Scott Lawrence from Legion, Myra Velasco, Elena of Avalor. Not familiar with that. Josh it's Brenner. A, it's a, it's a, Elena of Avalor is a Disney princess. Oh, okay. She hasn't had like a full length movie, but she is like a Latin American 
Disney princess. Josh Brenner, who is Big Head in Silicon Valley, if you've ever seen that show. Uh, Donald Faison from Scrubs. Jim Rash, who was the... Uh, he's from Community. He's the bald fella. I don't. He's not like the principal of the community college. He's the dean. Dean. Yeah. yeah. Rachel Butera. Do you recognize that name? This is I an don't. interesting correlation with something I used to be a lot more into. Rachel Butera is a lady who's a voice actress who, if I'm not mistaken, got her first big break on the Stern Show. Oh. She won the staff impersonation contest. She's the lady, when they did the impersonation, she came in and did like Bigfoot and Tracy Millman, the lady that would always say, douche, douche. Yeah. Um, and Bobby Moynihan from SNL is also on go. the voice cast. The, I was about to say, the only traditional voice actor I recognize in there is Bobby Moynihan. Bobby Moynihan's, uh, do you know, I guess you don't, We Bear Bears? The, it's a Cartoon Network show. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Bobby Moynihan's the good? voice of one of the. It's 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 all right. It's pretty good. Uh, and uh, the, the young comic. Oh my god. George I can't Carlin. believe him. No, no, not a young, not a young guy. Um, Bill Cosby. Nope. Dirty nope, ass going nope. to jail. Nope. Yeah, he's he's going. Fuck if his guys. defense team is good, he may not spend any time in the slammer. Uh, he better. He better be I taking hope, I the mean, pudding pop. Fucking I, dirty ass. I hope he, you know, I hope he gets his. But anyway. <clears throat> um. Okay, so a couple of things. I I was expecting more traditional anime voice talent. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, like you know, like the Rebels cast. The Rebels cast has some tr- you know traditional voice actors from animation. Yeah, uh, Vanessa Marshall was probably the big one that had had as quite a quite a storied uh voiceover career. In fact, to this day like I keep running across her voice in video games and stuff. And I'll be like, "Damn, yep. that's that's Hera." Um yep. I don't know that Freddie Prince Jr was known as no. like traditionally known as a voice actor, so the um the purple guy in Rebels. Uh, Steve Bloom. Zeb. Steve Bloom. Yes. Once again, Zeb. another a titan. titan yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the guy that does the voice of all the clone troopers. D. Bradley Baker. D. Bradley Baker. Yeah. A titan of voiceover. You know, no, no. Um, Joe DiMaggio. Oh, fucking Steven I've, Stanton. Yeah. Steven That's kind of what I was yeah. expecting. Well, you know. Not a, not disappointed at all. All the artists that they have in there sound, you know, they're going to be great. Oh, yeah. I, that's just, it surprised me. No, what what I was going to say is I wouldn't be surprised if at certain times we do. I mean, Stephen Stanton seems to be their go-to, he-can-do-it-all guy. So I wouldn't be surprised if Stephen Stanton gets the occasional voice role in there, maybe even a reoccurring <laughs> character. DiMaggio, did I, is it Joe? It's something... The voice sure. of Bender. What's his name? No. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. I think his last name's DiMaggio. I may be getting his first name. <clears throat> and, um, you know, so I, I would imagine, I mean, you know, this is a fairly small cast. There's going to be more roles available than that. Right. Um, I'll be interested to see. I'll be interested to see who gets brought in. And then there's also, 
you know, sort of the plot threads from Rebels that were left open with Ahsoka and Ezra and Thrawn and stuff. Yeah. Is that stuff going to be addressed in this? I don't know. I'm so curious because they're so shy about doing crossover events. And that seems to everyone seems to want to connect the dots with crossover events like, you know, maybe Ezra Snoke, like maybe, you know, maybe Iden Versio gave birth to Ray, like maybe Iden and Dell are. I didn't even think about that. But there's also the opportunity for Iden and and her daughter and Dell to show up. Yeah. Um, Wow. You know, everybody keeps trying to connect those those dots and they're real. Lucas is Lucasfilm is real reluctant to do those crossover kind of things i don't know if they feel like it's too on the nose or if they need to create new stories or you know i don't you know you say that and then you look at you know um you look at clone wars to rebels right and yeah. rebels started off and there was no ties into clone wars re- really right and then ahsoka shows up and it's like the fl- then hondo shows up then rex. you know <clears throat> uh rex and and darth maul it it i mean not to take anything away from rebels i don't mean this in a bad way but in a lot of ways it's a sequel to clone wars it, a right. lot of storylines get tied up that didn't get tied up in clone wars and then some of those storylines are left open ahsoka ezra so the way that they did that, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in this series, some of those rebel storylines pop their head back up, you know, unless they're saving that stuff for something else, you know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, <clears throat> I mean, especially, you know, if Ezra and Thrawn jumped in that star, in that uh, star destroyer out to the unknown regions, we know from the books and stuff that the first order sort of came to power in the unknown regions and then came, you know, to the regular part of the galaxy. I would say the opportunity is there. At least. Ezra may be the reason the first order wasn't able to pull anything together until the, the force awakens, you know, like it, could re- be. It, it seems like the force awakens is the first orders coming out party, you know, like, they are a force, obviously, working behind the scenes, but clearly not a force that the current Republic felt needed to have an open mobilization. Of course, they're backing the resistance silently, but you know, you figure if you had something like the First Order on your horizon, you'd have your own you know, sanctioned militia built to deal with that. For sure. Um, did you see the, the logo image that they included? Like the the ship, yeah, and BB-8. The ship in the yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm interested to see what that ship turns out to be because I don't think it's an X-wing. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Yeah, that ain't cool. Mm-mm. So yeah, looking at it, it kind of reminds me of the design. Do you are you familiar with the ship? Like I think it's called the Z95 Headhunter. It was like yes, an EU it, ship. It was like the U-wing. Or the V-Wing or something like that. No. No, those are different ships. This was like... I, I think it was kind of viewed as like a... Um, the, the prototype to the X-Wing. Yeah, yeah. The, where the, the wings didn't split. Right. Exactly. Um, so th- that could be what we're seeing here. I also um, saw someone post a picture that apparently it looks like something called a Talon or something like that, which is a starfighter from the old republic game hmm. um 
So I'm cool with seeing a new ship, especially if it's like our main hero's ship, you know, like he's got his own kick-ass fighter. Oh, yeah. But I'd love to see some X-Wings. We know they exist in this time period, so I'd like to see some people whipping around in X-Wings, too. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe it's some kind of weird spy reconnaissance ship, you know, since that sounds like um, kind of what he's going to be up to in this series. That's exactly, I mean, it, it looks like a speeder. Like, it's yellow, right? Like, that's the main color. Yeah, it's got like the same, it's almost the same yellow as the Naboo fighter. Right. It kind of, I mean, it just looks like a, it looks fast, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that yellow paint job adds like five horsepower. Yeah. You don't put a yellow, you know, you don't put yellow on it unless she's fast. But yeah, I'm I'm excited about the possibilities. Um, it, it makes me both excited and a little nervous when they throw in that anime-inspired term because I am, you know, a fairly big anime fan. Right, as um, am I. But uh, I, I I mean, it definitely sounds from the announcement like it's right up my alley. So it's hard not to be excited. <laughs> um. The one thing I'll, I'll sort of... I'm surprised at the premiere date. I honestly thought that there would be at least... It would be at least next year until the next animated series started. Um, yeah. Just because Rebels just wrapped up. And granted, we don't know how long this has been in production. I think it's probably been for a little while. Um, you know, uh, so... <laughs> I, I don't know the timetable for how long it takes to produce, um, you know, how long does it take them to produce an episode of that Voltron series or of, uh, I assume of they Korra? do seasons at a time. Well, I'm sure they do, but like, you know, you always hear, like, I'm trying to remember, like when you watch like, a, I don't know, a making of the Simpsons thing, they talk about how like each episode takes about, six months or something i'm probably getting that time period down from you know beginning sending because they i think they send all their animation over to korea like that's and same thing with like family guy and stuff it's all done the animation is all done overseas right um and i know as far as rebels goes like they were working on that stuff well in advance like we're recording stuff for season two while season one was airing and so on and so forth um, and the other reason is kind of surprising to me is Disney has that app coming out next fall. So I'm surprised they didn't hold that back to be, um, something for that, that Disney direct consumer app that's coming. You, I, I, what I think Disney's going to do is they're going to continue their regular pace of putting media out on whatever their currently doing like there's still disney stuff on netflix i mean they're not gonna pull it until they launch their stuff i guarantee everything disney comes off of any other platform as soon as their app goes and they won't miss a beat they'll just have to if you want that disney content you're gonna have to come to the app that streaming service yeah i could see that being the case i the one thing i'll say is i don't see them and i could be totally wrong about this they may just do the first season on disney xd and then move it over to the app next year but i can't see them wanting to because like it's not like they're gonna stop having disney channel and disney xd no you know? 
maybe I assume that's going to be their main vehicle for content. I doubt things will be streaming only content like Netflix. Oh no, they've said that they are aggressively doing uh, original content that's only on the app. The John, the John Favreau show, the mm-hmm. live action show, only on the app. They are just, they are going for that Netflix thing where they are producing original content for the app. Now, does that mean maybe we get another animated series on the app and they run separately? There's Resistance running on Disney XD. Does it mean, you know, instead of, uh, the you know the uh, like say next year when the app launches maybe you can only watch season one of uh, Star Wars Resistance on the app maybe it's n- you know nowhere else to be streamed I guess is what I'm trying to say like you know how like uh, I'm trying to think of a, a show like wa- okay Walking Dead you know it's on AMC and then like a year later that season hits on Netflix right. May, that, yeah. Maybe that's what they do with resistance, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right on. <clears throat> All right. Well, you want to do some emails and voicemails and stuff and wrap this thing up for the evening? Yeah. Uh, there's one more chunk of news oh. that I came across that I don't know if you saw, but there was um, somebody put it on Twitter. The There was this little thing in the movie, I guess, before uh, Avengers Infinity War, which is coming out today as we record this. Or last night, the Thursday night, maybe. Um, that's Donald Glover talking about his Lando costumes, like hanging out in the Falcon. Oh, showing his cape closet and shit. Showing his cape closet, I sitting hope in the they, cockpit, going a hyperdrive. I hope they play. Uh, so I'm not going to be able to see Infinity War until Sunday. So I've, I've had to be very careful with going on social media and stuff because I don't want it spoiled for me. Right. Um, I'm real excited to see it, though. But I that's hope so they much. play that. I would love to see that. I hope they put that on in front of Infinity War when I go to see it. I may see it tomorrow with old Goose Pain. Is he going to come to Tupelo to go see the movie with you? I think he might. You lucky bastard. Hey, man. I got to get my goose in where I can. Yeah, I know. We are going to visit the family. Not this weekend. Not next weekend. The weekend after that, the 13th. And I'm real stoked to see everybody. It's been a little while. So busy, man. So busy. All right. <laughs> so, uh, only one way to get this thing started. Cockhead! The only Jedi master who can crash box Kiyadi! Cockhead! Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead! He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his hud. Kitty! Cockhead! To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty! Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow! Cockhead! So there we go. Uh, and he was just shouted out in the song. Uh, 
we got a voicemail from our buddy King Tom. So why don't we kick it off with that? Hey, Haas and Will. It's King Tom. How are you guys doing? So there's, I'm sure you guys are going to be talking about this new Resistance TV show. It, we don't really have much about it other than the name, the little synopsis, and the little picture. It's going to be interesting to get something that's not set in either the between three and four, between four and five time period. So I'm looking forward to that. My only one, I don't know, question about it is, uh, there's been a short story collection, I think called Before the Awakening, tells the story, each Finn, Ray, and Poe each get a little story about what happened before The Force Awakens, and then the Poe comic book series, it's been going on for almost, I think, about two years now, and each of it gives a little bit of flavor of the First Order slash Resistance conflict right before The Force Awakens, in the sense that there's not much of a conflict. They're in a kind of cold war where they, they, they get into it every now and then, but they're really not allowed to engage each other in direct battle. And and I'm not going to say that it's getting, uh, the idea at least, is getting worn out. But you can tell that after two years of, of the, the Poe Dameron comic book story that it's, okay, how many more of these stories they can tell. So with that in mind, we don't know that much about the resistance but if that if that idea is in play that there are these two forces that cannot fight each other do you think they're gonna stick to that do you, do you think they're going to let them fight or do you think they're just gonna say well to hell what we've told in the poe series and this this one short story collection we're just gonna tell our own story and there will be conflict i don't know i think i think they're gonna keep to the rules maybe they'll set it earlier so that there there are fights and the reason there's the the no engagement rules because of something that happens i don't know i'm very interested in seeing how they they come up with things and lately more often than not what they've been putting out has been better than my own headcanon so they have that going for them anyway thanks for listening thanks for the great podcast and i'll talk to you guys later well thanks for writing in king tom yeah that's something i had kind of forgotten about that they had established is that there's sort of this no engagement yeah type thing protocol I assume it's just going to be James Bond rules, you know, or mission. I guess it should be mission impossible rules. Like you have your mission. Should you choose to accept it? If you're caught or captured, we will disavow any knowledge of your action. You know, you're, you're there to spy. If you have to go weapons free, we're going to claim that we didn't send you, you know, we don't know who you are and why you're there. Yeah. I mean, I also wonder, like, this whole concept of the f- the First Order being out in the unknown regions, if that's not, like, ruled by the Republic, is that's where these conflicts are going? For, uh, Hux, clear, like, from the speech in The Force Awakens, Hux clearly has a reason to think the Resistance is loathsome. Besides, um, you know, just the fact that they're part of the Republic, Right. And with it being fighter pilots and stuff, I think they're gonna. There's gonna have to be at least occasionally. I mean, you would think, right? It has to be. Um, well, you wouldn't employ the use of fighter pilots without running strike missions or something. Right, right. So, yeah, I think we'll we'll probably. I think the most likely scenarios that we sort of see their early conflicts and stuff. And um, who knows? Maybe this guy's even like infiltrating the first order and trying to 
be recruited by the First Order. Kazuda? I can't wait to hear somebody pronounce this character's name so I don't butch it, butcher it over and over again. Sounds real anime-like. It does. It does. Um, I just... Uh, you know, I really hope... Um, well, not really hope. It just seems like if they're not getting into some sort of conflict, then is that really that exciting? I don't know, you know? Yeah. All right, next up, we've got our buddy William. Hey, mates. The Ewok hunt is pretty fucking sweet, and the payout for surviving is equally as amazing. EA is making it very profitable to play this mode. I love the recent solo trailer, and the more I see of this movie, the more excited I get. I'm going to see it. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that work is beating you down, Halls, but if it makes you feel any better, I've been feeling like a whipped dog lately. My work has been brutal. I take comfort in knowing that at the end of the week, I will get my Star Wars fixed with some laughs to go with it. Thank you for your guys, you guys for your dedication to fandom, and may the Force be with you. Oh, thanks, buddy. <clears throat> did you did you get to rock much Ewok hunt over the weekend, buddy? I've played a little bit, not a whole lot, but uh, I still haven't survived as a trooper yet. Me neither. Man, Ewok Hunt is tough. I played it, it on tough. PC and Xbox, and I don't feel like I did great either time. Um, I'm still struggling a little bit on PC. I have this weird thing. So I'm syncing my Xbox controller to the PC, right? Right. And I feel like specifically my like when you push down on the stick to run i feel like that doesn't work correctly or at least as well as it does on xbox so i need to look into that it's it's probably some weird lag or or sinking issue i don't know i haven't really you may need one of those game controllers that's dedicated to pc you know yeah i mean that's always the case but so many people connect their dual shock uh, PlayStation controller or their Xbox controller already. Like, that's huh. a, a pretty common thing for people to do, and it's so easy to do over Bluetooth. It just hooks right up. It just syncs like it does with the Xbox. Interesting. So, I don't know. Maybe it's something wrong with my controller. Maybe I should try a different controller. I would say try a different <laughs> controller and see if you have the same issue. Yeah. But uh, I enjoyed Ewok Hunt. It's, it's atmos- atmospheric as hell. Like on either side, playing as the stormtroopers or as the Ewoks, um, yeah. it is fun. I enjoy the concept. I'm stoked that they're bringing it back this weekend. But yeah, I yeah. I have yet to survive. I got a few kills as an Ewok, but I've yet to survive as a as a trooper. Yeah, I can make it to the end. I've even made it to the ship, but got killed like pretty much as I set foot on the ship. Oh, that sucks. <clears throat> All right, next up we have Willis. Ahoy, ahoy. How would you feel about a Star Wars game that's called Star Wars and is essentially GTA in a galaxy far, far away? And it updates with new planets and modes every year. And it goes on forever. Not the most original idea, but as it makes so much sense financially and creative, it's difficult to understand why it hasn't happened already. May the Force be with you. I mean, talk about what we... Yeah. I mean, that's what we talk about all the time. Open world Star Wars game. And that would be awesome. You know, a new system every year. I mean, that would really... And then you could have events, you know, kind of like WoW did, where an invasion or something like that, invasion events or something, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, 
and, and I'm not trying to take away from any of the wonderful people that EA employs to make Star Wars games, but I wonder if EA is capable of pulling off a GTA. Something of I that. I don't think so. Because you got to think. Honestly. GTA 5 hit in 2012, right? Yeah. It hit, and to this day, six years later. 2013, Maybe 2013. It doesn't matter. I want to say it was 2012 because it came out about a year before the Xbox One. The Xbox One came out in 2013. But maybe I'm wrong. Either way, five or six years later, GTA Online is still thriving. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know how easy it is to catch that magic in a bottle. Would I love that for Star Wars? Yes. Am I looking to play like a criminal in Star Wars? Steal shit? No. But the concept of GTA Online, but Star Wars, yeah, that's appealing to me. Yeah. I would even pay yearly season pass DLC money to add new planets and vehicles and shit. Like, I would be all about it, but I don't know, man. For one, I don't know that EA is looking to invest the amount of time that Rockstar invests into creating one of their games. Rockstar doesn't put out a yearly game. They put out GTA 5, and that's the last thing they've put out until this year when Red Dead comes out, you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like EA is trying... For one, they have a limited amount of time for the with the Star Wars license unless it gets renewed. And I feel like they're not looking to do the long haul. They're looking to put stuff out a little faster than that. Yeah. And EA's specialty is really competitive gaming, right? Sports gaming, shooters. I don't know. I mean, at one time, EA was definitely sort of known as the sports gaming company. Not that they're not anymore, but when you look at EA and all the studios under their umbrella, they really do a wide variety of games now. But I mean, know? they've gutted most of those studios, though, haven't they? I mean, yeah. Studios that get bought by EA do not seem to do well. But I would say it's not necessarily um, just competitive gaming. Um they definitely specialize in that to an extent with your sports games and your shooters, your battlefields, your battlefronts and things like that. But, you know, they just put out that game A Way Out, which is like that that co-op sort of um, adventure breaking out of uh, prison game, game yeah. where like it's you, yeah. you and your buddy and you're trying to break out of prison and shit. It looks yeah. really cool. Not necessarily a competitive game. Um, but you're right. They seem to do that mainly. <clears throat> Um, I just. And I mean, know. and GTA Online is the definition of games as a service, right? I mean, when you're talking about games as a service, I think GTA Online is what all games as a service, quote unquote, wish they were. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think right. they wish they had that community that would still, because, like, you know, people talk about microtransactions. Go look up the stats for how much GTA Online makes a year and just selling those shark cards. Like, they make a boatload of money. So from a business standpoint, from a public perception standpoint, and from a user base standpoint, I feel like that is what studios aspire to as far as this whole idea of a game as a service. It's Everything was just hitting on point with GTA 5. Like, the story was great. Um... All of that was great. Uh, and then the missions, the environment, 
the customization of your car, your apartment, you know, your yeah. your person, all of that was just hitting on point. And if we could get the same thing for Star Wars, it'd be incredible. The customization of your character, your ride, your ship, your apartment, you know, just all of that. The same quality of missions. Yeah. I mean, it's a tall order to fill. and But I wish. Yeah, I, know. I wish. And, you know, maybe one day. We'll see. I mean, they're working on some sort of Star Wars open world. But I just, I'm afraid it's going to go more of the Destiny route than what I'm really looking for. Right. And you know? that's what, like... And that's what I'm afraid for games as a service, Destiny, Anthem style, you know. Oh, I'm looking forward to Anthem, though. I, I'm afraid it's going to disappoint me, but BioWare is one of those companies who, when they get it right, they get it so right that if they get Anthem right, I think it's going to be pretty incredible, you know? I hope so. I'm, I really hope so, because, you know, it's... The formula is hard to tweak, you know, and Destiny keeps trying to tweak it, but they're still using the World of Warcraft formula, you know. Oh, I don't, I don't think so. And grind your balls off. The rest is grind your balls off. Like, uh, see, I think World of Warcraft does it so much better. Like, I, I mean, it's got, I, I mean, I, you know, it has refreshing content keep coming out, but. It's just gathering feathers, you know, like it's gathering. Mm, I mean, I, I know you say, hold on. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of that fetch quest thing. And that just sort of comes as like a, I mean, that's just sort of like an MMO thing. Like there's certain tropes, like I don't mind fetch quest. I don't mind going and killing boars and collecting uh, tusks. Like uh, MMOs, if done right, like, they have, for me, and I know people are different, but for me, they have sort of this quality where, like, I'm constantly making my character just a little better, getting something, looking just a little cooler, and then, you know, the further you go up, you look cooler and cooler, and then you see other players that are all fucking decked out, and you're like, that guy looks cool. I want to look like that guy. I want to have that guy's armor or that guy's mount. Destiny doesn't I mean, do that, that for me. Sounds like Destiny to me. It doesn't. No, it to me it doesn't. To me, Destiny, everybody ends up looking the same. Their their colors may be different. The you know depending on their class, like high level warlocks look about the same as everybody. There's not that variance. You know, Destiny is so small compared to what I'm looking for, and that's the problem I've always had with Destiny. I always dig the shit out of it when it first comes out. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stay up late and play Destiny. And then like a month into it, I'm like, I don't want to play any more Destiny. I mean, I, I totally agree. Like, I'm not playing Destiny at the moment. I could be, but it's... I mean, I've done it. I've, I've done it. To me, Destiny I don't know is, what else to say. Yeah, to me, Destiny is like the new Coke of World of Warcraft. You know what I mean? Like... It, it, it is like a, a a small island compared to a continent in size of content and things you can do and just what's there and, and like the appeal to come back and stuff. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, it's limited. It's limited and like it's appeal to me. 
in, in getting me to come back. And that's what I don't want Star Wars to do. Like, if they're going to do an open world game, I want to be able to live in that open world and dedicate what little time I have to play games to that open world. You know, I don't want to yeah, burn and- through all the content in a weekend and then be like, well, I guess I just got to hope that I can get five dudes together to run the raid or, you know, do multiplayer or, or like a uh, crucible all weekend, yeah. you know? That's what yeah, worries me about repeat strikes. Like that's what worries me about. Yeah, I mean the the games as a service, Star Wars Destiny. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, and like to me, like in World of Warcraft or something of that, even like the Old Republic. Yeah, there's dungeons which are the equivalent to strikes in Destiny, but they're yeah. Maybe I can get five dudes together and run the instance. That's right. the same every time. But it's the same, but it's way more detailed and way more involved than the strikes in Destiny are. Destiny, for the most part, is like run from one end of the strike, kill a bunch of things, get to the end and fight the boss. Maybe there's like a small puzzle element in the middle. To me, World of Warcraft, the Old Republic, um, you know, EverQuest and things like that, that. There's so much more to their dungeons. And it's not like five dungeons. There's dozens. And, and like the higher you level, you unlock a new one and then you do that one. Maybe you do it two or three times to get the gear you want and then you progress further and you open another one, you know? To me in Destiny, it's always, well, let's go get in the strike playlist and you're probably going to play the same strike three times in a row. You might get a different one, you know? There's like six to choose from. Yeah. It's the size and the amount of available content versus especially now with something like world of warcraft that's been around for fucking 15 years or whatever the fuck like there's so much to do in that game apparently they're gonna open vanilla wow servers now yeah yeah because people wanted that i'll I'll be interested i i think there's probably a uh a large enough crowd that wants that that um they'll pull it off but you know destiny same problem i had with destiny i had with the division I just ran out way too quickly. I did everything. I did did everything. And I'm not. I got my guy up. I did it. And and then then I wasn't interested in doing the dark zone. Like it was just trolls and assholes. You can fuck around in the dark zone, but you're going to get trolled, you know, like. And then the same thing with destiny, man. Like the, the one thing that destiny had over that was the crucible to me because Bungie is like, they're good at competitive multiplayer first, but the, the crucible kicks ass. But I mean, it, I have nothing to say about the crucible. Right, but that's not what I was looking for out of that game. It was an added bonus, you know, that I enjoyed. And, and I mean, I know I'm sitting here talking shit about Destiny, but it was beautiful. It was oh, beautiful. Yeah. Story was great. Playthrough was good. Weapon handling great. Oh yeah. It just doesn't have the shelf life I I thought it was going to. Nope. Nope. Well, I think that'll about do it for us this week, buddy. Thanks for recording. Yeah, man. Thanks for recording me. Uh, if you guys like our theme song, please check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.com, .bandcamp.com. Uh, make sure to leave us a, a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And besides that, we'll see you next week. So until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.